You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today I want to talk about shedding the scapegoat shadow. So what is the scapegoat shadow? Well, it is what is in our program that causes us to be the scapegoat. Now, it's not our fault. We didn't choose this consciously, even unconsciously as children we fell into the role. And for those of you who have the scapegoat shadow, you are normally sensitive, empathetic, you know, possibly an empath. And you see and feel things that most people don't see and feel. And as a result, you magnetize to you people who don't want to see their own shadow. They don't want to look into that mirror. And in a sense, you are that mirror. Scapegoats shine the light on the darkness that's around them quite by accident. It usually has to do with our sensitivity. I say our again. I am shedding the scapegoat shadow. My entire life has been about being a scapegoat. I have been blamed for so many things in my life that weren't my fault but I was made to believe they were my fault. I was blamed for them. And as a result, I ended up feeling like something was wrong with me, that I was inherently bad. That's that core wound of shame. There's something wrong with me. I'm bad. I'm bad to the core. Because when wherever you go, whatever you do, whoever you bring into your life, you end up being the one who is blamed when something goes wrong. That gets old and it's really painful. And I know for myself, and I know that I'm not alone, that I'm pretty much done with it. I I don't want to do this anymore. And when I say I don't want to do this anymore, I mean that I just can't tolerate when people scapegoat me, when they blame me, when they find fault with me. I can no longer tolerate it. I always say that the healthier that we become, the less tolerant we become. You might think it would be more tolerant. You know, the healthier, more spiritually enlightened we are, the more t- 
tolerant we become, but I have found it to be quite the opposite. The more aware and healthy I become, the less tolerant I am of certain behaviors. And I don't have any tolerance left for being scapegoated. But I'm beginning to understand so much more about the journey of the scapegoat. It's a really painful journey. Now I've talked about scapegoats before and the word scapegoat comes from a, an ancient practice where a goat was loaded up with the sins of society, the sins of the community, and then it was sent out into the wilderness to die because it would surely be taken by predators out there unprotected all by itself. So they loaded up with their burdens, with their sins, with the things really that they don't want to own or look at within themselves. So they load this goat up and then send the goat out into the wild. So the goat gets punished and the goat's really quite innocent, right? But the goat gets punished for the sins of the community and then they can all just, you know, go back to whatever they were doing and forget about the goat. The goat is the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And so when you walk the journey of the scapegoat, you're walking the journey of the sacrificial lamb, which means that you find that you're sacrificed over and over and over again by people that you love and trust. And they sacrifice you, they throw you under the bus so that they don't have to look at themselves. And what happens for us when we're scapegoats is we start to lose trust because we have so many experiences of people throwing us under the bus. We start to lose faith in the goodness and the kindness of humanity because we've been betrayed so deeply. The journey of the scapegoat is a heavy one. It's a painful one because we've been loaded up with the burdens of humanity from the beginning of time. It's not easy to look back and remember a time when you weren't a scapegoat. And I can look back on my life and remember all the times in my childhood that I was scapegoated in my family, in school, in my college years, and on into my adult years. I was the target for bullies. I was a target for jealousies. And I was a target for abusers. I was a target for narcissists. 
I was a target for people who needed a place to dump their burdens, their unhealed wounds, their suppressed pain. Because that's the role that the scapegoat plays quite unconsciously, not knowing why. Why me? Why am I being the one targeted? Why am I being the one that's picked to be treated so cruelly? And, you know, we might end up feeling like we're just being victims because it can feel like we're being victimized so frequently. So a lot of people I work with that are scapegoats are saying, I want to I want to get rid of this victim program. I don't want to be a victim. And the issue is the scapegoats have been victims. Just as much as that goat that's loaded down with the sins of the community and then sent off to die is a victim. When that goat was chosen to be sacrificed, it became a victim. So we need to have a better understanding of the word victim. Sometimes we are victimized. And scapegoats are often victimized from the time they're very small. They might be the one that when they spill their milk as a baby get yelled at for being a baby. You know, and it's just being a baby. It's just being what it is. And it might get yelled at for just being what it is. So so the result is that we feel like there's something wrong with who we are. Like who we are is somehow inherently bad. So the role of recovery from being a scapegoat is to learn. You really have to learn that you're not bad. This isn't you. This isn't your fault. You didn't cause this. Yes, it is being attracted into your orbit. But that is because of who you are. That is because of who you are, but it doesn't mean that who you are is wrong or bad. And that's the core wound of the scapegoat. It's that deep core wound of shame. Who I am is wrong or bad. And you need to learn that this isn't true at all. Who you are is that you are naturally, inherently a bright light that has difficulty fitting in to a dark world. And I'm going to say that again. Who you are is a bright light who has difficulty fitting into a dark world. That is the cross that the scapegoat has to carry. You don't fit in 
to your family. You don't fit in to society. Your sensitivity is among 20% of the population. The other 80% of the population does not share your level of sensitivity, nor can they understand it. And to be honest, they're very threatened by it. Because it's like being seen when you're sensitive, when you're aware, you see things, you feel things, you know things. And when you're around somebody that doesn't want to be seen, they don't want you to know them, then that causes the person that doesn't want to be seen, that doesn't want to be known, to react. And they react by throwing rocks at the mirror. They want to smash the mirror because if they smash the mirror, they don't have to see that reflection of themselves, that which they're afraid to look at, that which they're afraid of, their fears, their insecurities, their feelings. So if they can smash the mirror, the one that's standing in front of them, that's sensitive, that's aware, that can see, that can feel, then they won't have that reflection. So it's like destroy that person. <laughs> if I can destroy that person, then I don't have to own this. I can say it's theirs. I can say it belongs to them. So that's kind of loading the sins up on the back of the goat. It's theirs. I'm giving it to the goat. I'm not going to own it. I'm not going to take responsibility for this. Instead, I'm going to project it onto this person, this sensitive person. Because their sensitivity is a threat to me. I don't like it because if I should go anywhere near that kind of sensitivity, I would feel my pain and I don't want to feel my pain. So I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to put it on the goat and send that goat off to die. And that is why so many times we feel like the sacrificial lamb because that's the energy dynamics that are playing out with a scapegoat. Because the scapegoat shines that bright light into the darkness and exposes, unearths the darkness in people that they don't want to see. They don't want to see it as coming from within them. So they project it onto you. And this is a game that is done so unconsciously. These people don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they are trying to destroy you because of what you're reflecting back to them. No, they create a story in their own heads about why who you are is bad which gives them the right to attack you, to throw stones at you, to break the mirror. They have to make you bad so that they don't feel any kind of guilt 
about treating you the way that they do. So they create a story. And that story doesn't have to have anything to do with reality. Or reality gets warped. And so that's why we often get confused when somebody tells us their story of us. It's like, that has nothing to do with reality. You created that story. And if we try to explain reality to people who are scapegoating us, forget it. Forget it. It doesn't work. Because the defenses are so thick. They're trying to protect themselves from seeing themselves that deeply or accessing those feelings that are too painful to feel or whatever it is that they're running from or hiding from. The defenses are so thick that they can't be broken with reason. So if you try to explain, hey, you know, that's not what happened at all. Or, hey, this is the way I see it. There's no room for that. And that's why when you try to have conversations with certain people that scapegoat you, it's impossible. You can't get through. You can't tell your side of the story because you won't be heard. Because that person's in their defenses where they need to take all that yuck within themselves and throw it at you. And, you know, this has been something that we've done in society for ages and ages. It explains the crucifixion story of Jesus. You know, he was this being of love and being of light who was completely crucified died the most horrible death because of the hatred that was generated in the community that killed him and that's because there was so much love in that being there was so much light in that being that when that light was held up in front of these people who didn't want to see their own darkness, they didn't want to see their own hatred. So they needed to kill the mirror. And you can see examples of this through society. You can go to the the days of the burning of the witches. And, and most of these women who were hung or burned at the stake or drowned for being a witch, they were just women who were being scapegoated by that society. They didn't do anything wrong. They might have been healers. They might have helped somebody. They might grow herbs in their back garden for healing arts. They might have possessed a book. Or a woman's husband might look at this woman and, and the woman is angry and jealous that her husband's looking at this woman. So the, the wife accuses her of being a witch. 
and creates a story that's believed by the community and the community goes and gets her. And she dies this horrible death, horrible death, because of one woman's jealousy, you see. And that energy of hatred, it gets fed and it grows and it grows and it grows and pretty soon there's a whole community casting their burdens onto this person with that hatred and that anger and that rage and everything that they're not owning that's coming from within themselves, the ways they're denying themselves. So they take it all and they put it on this person and destroy the person, see? So to say, you know, I don't want to be a victim. Well, of course you don't want to be a victim. Nobody wants to be a victim. But sometimes, sometimes people are victimized. I think not being a victim is how we live our lives. It's what we do with these experiences. Because I know as a scapegoat that that's why I'm here today. That's why I've written my books. That's why I do my podcasts. That's why I do the work I do with people because of the journey that I've gone through. Because of how many times that I've been kicked down and got back up and said, I'm not going to let this destroy me. And each time we do that, we get stronger. And we can stand in the face of the worst pain and be in our strength. And I think that is the journey of the scapegoat who is ready to shed that burden, to shed that skin is to be able to get back up after these experiences that feel like they've somehow destroyed you or destroyed a part of you. And you call that light back in. You call that light back in because that is your power. Your power is your light. Your power is your love. Your power is your sensitivity. It's everything that's good and beautiful about you that trigger in people their shadows. And perhaps your role, the reason you've come here to planet Earth at this time is to be that light, to shine that light in the darkness. And in doing that, you're exposing and unearthing all these shadows of humanity. And they want to shatter the mirror. You probably didn't know that part when you signed up, right? It's like, oh yeah, I'll go down and shine my light on humanity. I'll go help out. But you didn't realize what that journey would be, what it would be like. So now we know, right? Now we know 
what that journey is like. It's painful. It's very dark. It's heavy. It's ugly. It's a deep betrayal. And we've lived through this side of humanity, the shadow, having that shadow of humanity cast upon us. We've lived with that our whole life. And so if you think there's something wrong with you, that you're not like most people, that's why. Because you're not like most people. You really aren't. And that's a good thing. I'm not saying that most people are bad. I'm just saying that there is a gift in being a sensitive. There's a gift that may feel like a curse sometimes. Because it comes with such pain and darkness. And, you know, you've come here to shine the light on the darkness, to be that mirror, that sensitive, open, <laughs> aware child that you were. That amongst the shadows of narcissism in our society, we, we get taken down. We go through our own crucifixion. And that's, that's kind of what I talk about when I talk about the dark night of the soul, is that we go through our own crucifixion sometimes over and over again. You know, you would think about Jesus on the cross, and once he finally went through that and he, he died, that he's set free and doesn't have to do that again. But sometimes it can feel like we're going through crucifixion over and over and over again. And sometimes, you know, when our bodies get dumped on the ground, it's really hard to get back up. But we have to. That's why we're here. Is that when you shine that light into the shadow of humanity, you're going to be stirring stuff up. And that's why you're here. I mean, if you're tired, take a break. Go live by yourself somewhere quiet. It's okay. Maybe more of us need to do that to recharge your batteries. Because you can shine your light from wherever you are. You don't have to be amongst a lot of people. And that's why so many scapegoats isolate. They pull away from people. I was doing a hypnosis session, a quantum healing hypnosis session, which is one of the deepest sessions that I do. It's um, Dolores Cannon's work. If you Google Dolores Cannon and she does a past life regression that morphed beyond past life regression where she takes people to to really meet their deepest self their highest self 
And that's the beauty of the work for me. It's not the past life regression. I think that's just a doorway in. But it is meeting that soul self, that higher self, to really know that you're not separate from this part of yourself. So I was doing a session and I was talking to a man's higher self about his struggles here on the earth. And his higher self says he he keeps to himself pretty much. And I said, why is that? And he said, because people are mean. (laughs) And I got such a kick out of that because it was so honest. It was like it was coming out of the mouth of a child because people are mean. And I realized that I was getting that a lot in my sessions, that, that the higher self interprets the challenges of this, this um, incarnate body that we live in. The higher self interprets that people are mean. People are mean to him. People are mean to her. Just people are mean. Because there really are a lot of mean people. And they're really unaware people. People are mean because they're unconscious about what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're just projecting their shadow because it's too painful. And it doesn't excuse them. It's not okay for people to treat each other that way. That does not make a harmonious society. Nevertheless, it comes from unconsciousness. And the more aware one becomes, the more aware they are of the shadows and of the mirrors and how when something is triggered in us, that we need to take responsibility for those triggers and not project or, you know, kind of projectile vomit onto somebody else. And when you're a scapegoat, you are used to being vomited on. And it doesn't feel good. And so there comes a time, I know, on my journey, that I have to say enough is enough. Because I know in my own journey, there's a couple unresolved issues for me around being scapegoated. And I'm angry about it. You know, I find myself really angry about some of the things that happened. And I have a hard time resolving that within myself. Like, how do I make peace with it? One thing I do is I get on with my life. And so... It's not constantly with me, but it comes up a lot. Like when people talk about their grandchildren or their children, it makes me remember the pain of losing mine. So we have to move forward and begin to rebuild our lives in the most beautiful, authentic way that we can. And we have to realize that there are others in this tribe. We're not alone. And we've got to gather with people who understand us, people who love us, people who we love. 
And there really are a lot of beautiful people in the world. There's a lot of good-hearted people in the world. Yeah, people are mean. That's true. But not all people are mean. There are good, loving, kind-hearted people in the world. And when we finally say enough is enough, and we just live our lives without shame, speak our truths without shame, and be who we've come here to be, be that light, be that bright light. In my quantum healing hypnosis sessions, I have so many people go to the light. They are in that light, and, and I call it the golden orb of light because they just experience themselves as being like a ball of light, like cocooned in light, and it's the most peaceful, beautiful, harmonious oneness experience. Because they may start by saying, I'm in the light. And then they say, oh, no, I am the light. And so while they're in these sessions, they have an awareness that they are the light. So why do you think people are mean when you are the light? because you're shining it into the shadows of humanity. So don't dim your light. Realize that you're playing a really important role in the awakening of humanity, and it may really suck sometimes, yeah. But you can change how you dance with that role. People may still throw stuff at you, but you learn to handle it differently. You learn to understand why. And then you have to hold space for the growth of humanity, for, for where people are at in their journey, that they're just in this place where they need to believe it's somebody else's fault that they feel the way they do. So just remember, you can get back up. You can... You can get back up and dust yourself off or go through a rebirth because we go through a lot of deaths and rebirths on this path. So go through a rebirth and birth yourself into the life you truly want to live as authentic as you can. And know that you have the power of choice. Choice is power. You can choose a better life. And it's okay to grieve and mourn what you have to leave behind. The ideas, the ideals. But by going forward, I don't believe we really are leaving anything behind because the only thing that's real in our relationships is love. And if we have the love in our hearts, there's no separation and the thing that hurts us is that feeling of separation. So if we get back to realizing that, that we're just a ball of light, you know, connected to the source, connected to the oneness of all, 
that we come back, we come back home and we get our, we get restored by that light. That's what rebirths us into our new life. And it's okay to live without an apology for who you are. We want to live without apologizing for who we are. Because who we are is amazing. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next podcast. i